Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the powerful emotional testimony in the murder trial of Derek Chauvin. Witnesses as young as nine years old paint a painful picture of what happened to George Floyd. Witnesses describe what they saw as Floyd died, and we hear from the teenager who recorded the video that shocked the world. It's been nights. I stayed up apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more. Bracing for a fourth wave, cases and hospitalizations on the rise, including among children. Plus the good news, vaccine hesitancy is decreasing with more than 2.4 million shots a day. Graphic video, a brutal attack on an Asian American woman in New York City as the Justice Department takes steps to stop a growing wave of hate crimes. Nearly $3 trillion infrastructure plan. What's in it and who President Biden wants to raise taxes on to pay for it. Inside the child migrant crisis, CBS News goes into a Texas Border Patrol facility built to hold only 250, now filled with more than 4,000. Final salute to a fallen hero, the emotional memorial service for a Boulder police officer, Eric Talley, one of 10 people killed in last week's supermarket massacre. Nationwide pet food recall, what you need to know to keep your dogs and cats safe. Big NFL announcement, the breaking news. And unifying America, a civil rights and culture lesson for kids, disguised as a fun photo shoot. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with raw and at times emotional testimony in the murder trial of Derek Chauvin from the bystanders who watched the former Minneapolis police officer kneel on George Floyd's neck last year. 
Tonight, for the first time, we're hearing from the young woman who recorded Floyd's final moments alive and who now says she's haunted by his death. Darnella Frazier was just 17 years old when she posted her cell phone video to social media last year, sparking worldwide protests and a social justice movement. Well, in court today, she broke down in tears. Frazier was one of six eyewitnesses called to the stand by prosecutors, many of whom cried as they laid out in painstaking detail the horror that they felt as they urged repeatedly Officer Chauvin to release Floyd. One man saying he believed he was witnessing a murder. It really has been a day of stunning developments, new evidence, then some compelling testimony. CBS's Jamie Ucas is following the trial and is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the courthouse in Minneapolis. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening, Nora. Today, the witnesses were diverse, from teenagers to a mixed martial artist, a nine-year-old to a firefighter. It was a day prosecutors tried to use their voices to humanize George Floyd, while painting Derek Chauvin as cold and heartless. Returning to the stand for a second day, Donald Williams, the mixed martial artist who witnessed George Floyd's death. He says Derek Chauvin had Floyd in a blood choke, a type of stranglehold that constricts blood flow. Uh, they called the police on the police. Right. And why did you do that? Because uh, I believe I witnessed a murder. The and prosecution played that 911 call. Officer 987 killed a citizen in front of a Chicago uh, store. He just pretty much just killed this guy that wasn't resisting arrest. Williams wiped away tears as he listened. His voice also captured on video, along with a growing number of bystanders pleading with officers. Get off of his neck, bro. Get off of his neck. The defense focused on Williams' behavior toward the officers that day. After you called him a bum 13 times, you called him a bum. That's what you heard? The prosecution's next witness, 18-year-old Darnella Frazier. She was 17 when she shot this now infamous cell phone video. And she was among four witnesses today whose faces were not shown on camera because they were minors at the time of Floyd's death. It wasn't right. He was, he was suffering. He was in pain. Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell asked Frazier how this has impacted her life. When I look at George Floyd, I look at, I look at my dad, I look at my brothers, I look at my cousins, my uncles, because they are all black. It's been nights. I stayed up apologizing and, and apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more. Frazier's nine-year-old cousin, Judea, also testifying about what she saw. How did it affect you? I was sad and kind of mad. And late today, testimony from Minneapolis firefighter and eyewitness Genevieve Hansen, trained to save lives, but she says prevented from doing so by the officers. Were you frustrated? Yes. At one point, more than half of the jurors were seen taking detailed notes. Tomorrow, the prosecution will likely start calling witnesses considered experts in their field to detail how Chauvin's hold contributed to Floyd's death. Nora. Jamie Yukis, thank you. Also tonight, the U.S. has surpassed 550,000 COVID deaths and cases are spiking again in more than half the country. Infections among children are also on the rise. We get more now from CBS's Omar Villafranca. 
Tonight, doctors warning the next COVID surge is not on the horizon. It's already here. Cases now rising in over half the country, 27 states, including New York, Connecticut, and Louisiana. Nationwide, infections up double digits in the last week compared to the one before. Especially troubling, the rise in pediatric cases. In Michigan, per capita COVID cases among 10 to 19-year-olds rising faster than any other age group, more than doubling in the last month. We're seeing the increase in transmission in young kids, primarily in the upper Midwest and the Northeast right now. But that's just a matter of time before we see it go throughout the entire United States. Unfortunately, we are going to see a rise in pediatric hospitalizations and serious illness. Doctors saying the surge can be slowed if Americans don't let their guard down and get vaccinated. We are almost at the finish line, but we're not there. Today, the head of the CDC uh, talking with the nation's governors. Morning, and I encouraged all governors to include a, a mask mandate in their states. And to the extent that uh, states were not having a mask mandate, as we do have in Massachusetts, I would ask citizens to mask uh, regardless of the mandate. But tonight, Arkansas became the latest state to lift its mask mandate. It's an appropriate time to lift the statewide mask mandate. Meanwhile, the U.S. and 13 other countries issuing a joint statement criticizing the World Health Organization's investigation in China about the origins of the coronavirus outbreak, saying the study was significantly delayed and lacked access to complete original data and samples. And as the country continues the race to vaccinate, a number of temporary FEMA sites are set to close next month as the Biden administration works to make retail pharmacies the main distribution point. At the time we opened the site, the vaccine was still limited. We weren't able to push it out to the local pharmacies, doctor's offices. And so now we're seeing it more available. This site here in L.A. County has administered more than 269,000 doses in about a month and a half. And as more vaccine becomes available, a new poll shows more Americans are willing to get the shot. Most notably, the black community. As many as 55 percent polled say they want to get vaccinated. And that's up 14 points since February. Nora? CBS's Omar Villafranca. Thank you. Tonight, police in New York City are investigating another brutal assault on an Asian-American woman. A new survey finds one in four Asian-Americans have experienced a hate incident. And we want to tell you about this warning. The video of this latest attack is disturbing. Here's CBS's Nancy Chen. Tonight, new video shows the violent attack on a 65-year-old Asian-American woman in New York. A man pushes the woman to the ground and repeatedly kicks her in broad daylight. From another angle, building staff members watch the attack. One closes the door, both now suspended. Absolutely disgusting and outrageous video of uh, an Asian woman being attacked by someone full of hate. Tonight, the woman's still in the hospital, the NYPD searching for the suspect. This just the latest in a string of violent attacks on Asian Americans across the country. More than 3,700 hate incidents reported since the start of the pandemic, leading to protesters rallying across the country demanding change. Our community is feeling that fear, is feeling that sense of dread about even going outside. And, and no American, no person should be made to feel that way. Representative Andy Kim tweeted about his five-year-old son's experience with bullying, writing that another kid called him Chinese boy. My son, confused, told the boy, I'm a New Jersey boy. I know that it's not the last time he's going to have this kind of encounter of, of racism. I want to find a way to prepare him. And that's what I was trying to convey 
in that post is how do we talk about this? How do we share this? How do we prepare ourselves for this? And today, the Justice Department announced an expedited review of how these cases are handled, sending a memo to every employee. The attorney general is making this a top priority. Nora. Nancy Chen, thank you. And a programming note, CBS News will have a special report, Asian-Americans battling bias, continuing crisis. That's tomorrow night on our streaming network, CBSN. Now to the crisis on the border tonight. More than 18,000 migrant children are in U.S. custody. Today, reporters were allowed inside a crowded facility in Donna, Texas, that was set up to handle the overflow of children. We get more now from CBS's Maria Virel. Inside this processing facility run by Border Patrol, plastic pods have become an overcrowded purgatory for migrants waiting to seek asylum. HHS does not have the adequate beds to be able to take on all of these kids. There are roughly 4,100 people here, 17 times what the facility was built to hold. More than half are unaccompanied children. They all sleep on the floor, some with mats and others with foil blankets. I'm a father. I don't want to see that. As a Border Patrol agent, I didn't sign up for this. Are you worried that this will get worse? Of course. Of course I am. Pool factors are attracting more migrants to the South Texas border, where Deputy Chief Raul Ortiz predicts overall a record-breaking year. Based upon what we've already apprehended and looking at what's remaining in, in the fiscal year, that we will have approximately about a million apprehensions or encounters this year. Jacqueline Pettis crossed the river this morning with her two-month-old baby despite the dangers. We do it out of necessity, otherwise we wouldn't come here, she says. She left Guatemala to find a job in the United States and will likely end up at the Donna facility. This is where the smallest children stay. Somehow they crossed into the U.S. alone, now awaiting their fate in a tiny space never meant for children. And Maria joins us now. You're inside today. You were also there a few weeks ago. How has it changed? Well, you know, two weeks ago, there were two tents here run by Border Patrol. But today, this is a massive construction site. We counted at least six new tents going up. And sources tell us they do belong to Health and Human Services. And we're being told also that they could open up a temporary shelter here very soon. Nora. All right, Medea Vireal, thank you. Some other news, President Biden today extended the program that helps businesses keep paying their workers during the pandemic. Tomorrow, the president unveils a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure plan. CBS's Nancy Cordes joins us now from the White House. And Nancy, what do we know about this infrastructure plan? Nora, we are talking about a two to three trillion dollar spending bill on everything from roads to bridges to broadband, rail, ports, even the electrical grid. And the White House wants to pay for all of it with tax increases, both corporate tax hikes and hikes on the wealthiest Americans. Essentially, they're looking to roll back the Trump tax cuts that were passed in 2017. And so they're already facing stiff opposition from Republicans. Some big tax hikes ahead. Also, the president today announcing his first slate of judicial nominees today, including some very historic picks, right? Right. He made his choices with an eye towards diversifying the federal bench. And so of the 11 nominees that were announced today, there are four African-American women, an Asian-American woman, and a man who would be the first Muslim-American federal judge in U.S. history, Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. 
We turn now to an emotional scene in Colorado today as hundreds of officers gave a final salute to Boulder police officer Eric Talley, one of 10 people killed in last week's supermarket massacre. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlin. Flashing lights for miles, a solemn procession of grief. In and around Boulder, people pausing to honor a fallen hero. From Eric Talley's fellow officers flanking the casket to law enforcement from across the country saluting his service. Heartfelt tributes to a public servant, husband, and dad. Be proud of your father. He is a hero. He lived his life through God to be a role model for you. I'm gonna be like you, dad. And a first look at Talley with his family. Photos with his wife and children. And the cats and the Pictures of pure joy set to music during the memorial. The family, asking not to be photographed today, provided a poem his now seven fatherless children wrote for him on Christmas of 2019. It's called Our Unsung Hero. The words read by Father Daniel Nolan, now prophetic. Dad, our unsung hero, you daily risk your life at work to guard and care for the welfare of the needy. Oh, our praises could never be enough. The thousands of tributes that continue to be placed here at the King Supers will be preserved, authorities say, potentially for a future memorial. And the Boulder mayor tells me this grocery store will reopen potentially in a couple of months. He says it's important for the community to reclaim this space. Nora. Still thinking of his children and his family. Jana Chamlin, thank you. Tonight, high winds and dry conditions are fueling an outbreak of wildfires near Rapid City, South Dakota. Hundreds of people have been forced from their homes. More than 2,100 acres have burned. Nearby Mount Rushmore is closed. There's a nationwide recall of dog and cat food tonight. The FDA says the company Midwestern Pet Foods is voluntarily recalling batches from 10 brands of pet food because of possible salmonella contamination. There have been no illnesses or deaths reported, but earlier this year, the same company recalled several products after they were linked to the deaths of more than 100 pets. We have posted a recall list at cbsnews.com. And there's big news tonight from the NFL. The season will be extended by one game to 17 regular season games per team. The last game will be played against teams from opposing conferences. This is a great story. Now an immersive lesson in civil rights and cultural history, dressed up as a photo shoot. CBS's Adrika Duncan continues our series, Unifying America. It was a dream come true for 11-year-old Terrence Broughton Jr., playing the part of his hero. It's almost like I was actually seeing what Muhammad Ali was seeing. Like there's a whole crowd of people cheering me on. Broughton is one of dozens of kids chosen by photographer Trisha Mesereau to learn about cultural and civil rights leaders by portraying them. This is about people who matter. Giants resized to fit in her new book, Engineers of Equality. They didn't know Booker T. Washington. They didn't know Claudette Colvin. They didn't know Sojourner Truth. But they do know George Floyd, whose death was a driving force behind this project. This is my opportunity to allow kids to be able to understand and be inspired and not scared. 
11-year-old Elle Scott put her heart into her alter ego, singer and activist Nina Simone. Well, I went straight to the books. I researched her. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Here, 13-year-old Jonathan Rador as John Lewis recreates an iconic image. Meeting Jonathan Rador on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, it hit me right here. He knew everything about good trouble. We're fighting for something more than just civil rights and voter rights. We're fighting for not be killed all the time. Now that I've like been in this project, I love my skin tone. I love the way I act. I love the way I look. Kids capturing not only the image, but the spirit of their role models. Jerika Duncan, CBS News, Baldwin, New York. And what a terrific way to learn history. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we go into a lab with one of the women leading the effort to stop the pandemic through the vaccine. It's all part of our series, Women in the Pandemic. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.